Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. More than just words of wisdom, it's words of wisdom. This upcoming segment of Words of Wisdom was part of episode 39 of the Advocate podcast. It dropped on September 15, so a few months ago. Now, I make this point because you'll remember that this was just prior to the most recent federal election. So you will hear me in my conversation with lawyer Jason Ward make reference to political debates and the oft-times contentious discourse between its participants. Debates are arenas, which some may argue are rife for slander or defamation or libel or whatever the appropriate term is. Now, of course, that's not the only place you'll hear these words bandied about. Think social media as one example. And that's the focus of this conversation with Jason. What really constitutes defamation or libel or slander? And what's the difference between them? The umbrella term is defamation legally. And that has two channels or two streams. One is libel, which is being defamed by a written word, such as in a newspaper or on the internet. And the other channel is slander, which is being defamed verbally or by a spoken word. Uh, One of the requirements for defamation to be sued for it successfully is you have to publish your statement, which means it must be heard or read by at least one other person. That's it? That's your public? Is one other person? In theory, uh, you could sue me for defaming you at a cocktail party by one statement I made to another guest at the cocktail party. Really, the test for defamation is you're, you've been lowered in the estimation of the eyes of your fellow right-minded, reasonable citizens. Fellow, when you say fellow, what, what if it's somebody who's an underling or somebody who just can't be taken seriously, whether it's an internet troll or whoever? That's a factor. That's a factor. Um, but the court, will, the court will apply the test of, look, would a reasonable person who would have read this or heard this about you have thought negatively about you as a result of the estatement? And if it's defamatory of you, you may have a cause of action. But there's lots of subtle, nuanced areas uh, of this uh, type of law that is very technical in nature. Uh, it doesn't matter if you make a defamatory statement about me. It doesn't matter what you think you meant to say in the statement or not. Uh, the court will look at it from an objective perspective. So if you say something about me at that cocktail party and you don't think it's defamatory or you didn't mean it to be defamatory when you said it, that won't win the day. That's not a defense for you. It's it's whether objectively you defamed me, and that's the reasonable person test. Uh, a classic example that's going on, and it's it's you know there's more and more of it these days, is is internet reviews. Uh, many people now, when you leave an establishment, you, you know, Google may text you and say, what did you think of this establishment and encourage you to put a review in. That's a classic situation where people complain they've been defamed. And sometimes the reviewer response or defense to that is I didn't mean to defame. I was just being honest about the service I received or whatever. Um, so there can be a misinterpretation between the sayer of the statement and the listener of the statement about what the words mean or what they were intended to mean. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about nuance here. I'll, I'll give you an example, and you weigh in on this one. Uh, sir or madam, what you said is a lie, and you are constantly lying versus you are a liar. Is there a clear difference there? Uh, no, I think the, I, either the inference from that statement or expressly you're saying this person is a liar. This person makes false statements about things. I don't think there's a distinction there legally. Both import the the notion that you don't tell the truth. And that would be defamatory of you. If it's said in a political context, like at a political debate, there are some exceptions. 
to, to doing defamatory things, one of which is, for example, uh, if you sue someone in your court documents, if you make allegations that they falsified something or were fraudulent, you're protected from that. Are you saying that the forum, the platform, could be a little bit different? If That's we're going right. to look at a debate, for instance, is do people are they cut a little bit more slack because, well, given the context of where we are right now, it's a public debate. If we're going to use that example, you get a bit more rope. You do, you do. There are some protections and exceptions. Uh, usually, it always comes back to uh, even if you were in a forum that allowed for you to make defamatory statements about me, um, were you malicious? If I can prove that you were malicious in how you went about it. Even though you do have some protection, I can override that protection uh, on the basis of malice. How much will a court look at the aftermath? I'm thinking of the person who claims to have been slandered, but there's no real discernible evidence to show it caused that person any harm to his or her career or their personal life. How much will the court take a look at that and go, yeah, I know there were bad things that were said about you, but let's face it, this isn't going to harm you. Yeah, good question. And it's a factor. Uh, In the area of libel, there is a presumption if the person is defamed in a professional context that it's damaging, that it caused damages. The issue is how much damages. Slander is slightly different. Slander, um, you may have to adduce evidence of what the statements, um, how they impacted you. So it might be that you get an affidavit or call a witness about who heard that statement, who said, yes, once I heard that, I thought less of this person and I didn't do business with that person or didn't go to that person for services. I get a lot of questions and queries about defamation. But if you send me something and you say, uh, I've been defamed, I want to sue over this. Uh, frankly, I have a, a holy shit test that if I read what you send me and I say, holy shit, you probably have a good defamation case. Uh, and that's, that's often my first litmus test that I apply to libel or written defamation is my holy shit test. I know that doesn't sound overly uh, legal or formal, but practically speaking, when I read it, am I shocked by it? Hmm. Uh, the more shocked I am, probably the stronger your case is. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not uncommon for me to say, yeah, this is defamatory. Uh, this person has defamed you, but that's not, that doesn't end the story in defamation. There are defenses. So if I defame you and I can prove that what my words spoken about you were the truth, I'm off the hook. And there are other exceptions to defamation. There are specific times or circumstances when you can say certain things that the court will permit. And for example, a couple of years ago, the Ontario government introduced a new law in Ontario to try to end frivolous defamation lawsuits. Uh, Because what was happening was many people, particularly larger companies, were suing small, you know, individuals over defamation for reviews online or whatever, uh, just to intimidate them to get them to be quiet and to recant and remove their statement. So that's one of the reasons the government changed the law and said, look, if the statement online or the, the written, the spoken statement is a matter of public interest, if the public should be aware of this statement, like a review about a contractor online, you may not be able to sue for defamation. You have to overcome that hurdle now at the outset of a lawsuit. If I make a bad review about lawyer X down the road, Uh, and I say something online about that lawyer, that lawyer could sue me for defamation. But part of my defense, firstly, will be, well, no, I was making a comment about public interest, about the quality of services that this this practitioner provides. I'm allowed to do that, and the court may agree with me that it's a matter of public interest, and therefore it's protected. So I can't be held liable for defamation. I'm still trying to get my head around one lawyer suing another lawyer for defamation. That that is not a situation I'd want to be in, but I got to admit as an observer, that would be fascinating to watch. It's uh, it's happened. And there's been issues with this uh, historically, locally as well. 
Yeah, well, I mean, defamation is not unlike other areas of civil law uh, where litigation is abhorrently expensive. Uh, and you have to do a cost-benefit analysis of bringing a claim. You know, if you're going to spend $75,000 on a lawyer to litigate a case, you've got to be satisfied that, A, your case is strong enough, uh, and B, the damages that, at the end of the day, after you deduct your legal expenses for doing it, will make it worth your while. I act on defamation cases all the time, um, but I will tell you that a lot of people decide not to pursue it for various reasons. One is, will I win? And that's somewhat questionable. The other is it's just too expensive to pursue. Uh, you know, 80 to 85 percent of civil lawsuits settle before getting to trial. Um, that being said, the stronger the defamation, the bigger players in the case. I mean, if you've got newspapers involved or if you've got prominent, uh, prominent members of the community who've been defamed, lawsuits do happen and they go to trial. Jason Ward is a lawyer with Ward's Lawyers here in Lindsay, exclusive sponsor of the Advocate Podcast. For all your legal needs, including queries about defamation, you can contact Jason or Carissa Ward and their team at wardlegal.ca.